Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Afternoon FM. Today, I'm joined by a very, very special guest, the realest one in the room, Mr. How You Doing, Enzo motherfucking Amore. Uh, you know what? Enzo motherfucking Amore might not be copyrighted, so maybe I could run with that. But yeah, you're talking a real one, uh, formerly known as Enzo Amore, pro wrestler, Terry Bolella is Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan is Terry Bolella. I, I suppose I am Enzo for the rest of my life. <laughs> Everywhere I go, it's all I hear. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm married to it, but it's been a great relationship, man. What's, uh, what's it like? I don't know. Uh, what's having an alias? Yeah, no. I'm just saying, like, I really want to get into your story, man. It's like uh, I've heard actually like different accounts of like the origin of like or like. Like, yeah, but my story. Yeah, I mean, bro, my if we sat here and tried to tell my story, we'd we, we'd be here all week. Yeah, bare minimum. Yeah, might take a fucking couple couple months to tell the whole story, but uh, <laughs> I did used to manage a Hooters, man. Now you're now you're in my wheelhouse. Now we're, now we're talking origins. Now we're talking story. Okay, that's right. You know, people hear my story, they just want to hear about the wrestling part of it and i get it because uh i mean that's that's what i'm known for so um i i've told it and imagine at this point in my life you know i'm 36 and every interview they're like how'd you get started it's like um i mean what's it like becoming an action figure is a better question yeah Uh, it was actually no bucket list shit you know what i mean like getting in a video game man that was cool as fuck um I think that those things, you know, you got to pinch yourself. You always say to yourself, like, in life, like, man, I, you know, there's those things that'll get you. And, and if that happens, good God, Lord Almighty, like, thank you. I will never ask for anything again. Mm. If you get me, if you make me an action figure, God, like, it's like you're a kid growing up. Like, man, if I could just become a toy, that would be it. Yeah. And fuck, man, that's the truth, bro. Once I did that, I really didn't care what happened after, bro. So all my life goal was to become an action figure, and I superseded it. Well, you got eight here on this table. Yeah. It's like, I'm actually, I was sitting here noticing it. No, I, 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 I superseded it with action figure after action figure after action figure after action figure. It's, uh, it's been great. I've been blessed. And, um, you know, like, for me um that's what it was it was it was it was when i was a kid i wanted to do that thing you know and uh and i tried to never lose sight of it you wanted to be the coolest action figure in the aisle i wanted to walk down the aisle i wanted to see spider-man batman and a kid goes who is that and he doesn't even watch wrestling and he's like i want that toy i i wanted to be a cool toy yeah i wanted to be marketing yeah uh you know myself towards looking cool as an action figure and I think I knocked it out of the park. My toy, my my toy is pretty fucking cool. I heard a stat that you're like, I think you're like number three or four in like the most sold merch for the WWE. Oh, I don't. No, 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 so, dude. No, I, I look at. I was the number one merchandise seller as a rookie in the WWE with big cast. So, the realest guys in a room. Um, the the T-shirt that said "Certified G" did yeah. crazy. Yeah. Did crazy numbers and uh the kids loved it and you know the parents buy the shit for the kids so yeah we were the number one merchandise sellers as rookies i don't know if it's ever been done or been done since yeah um 
I'm not like a historian of sorts, but I know that it was a feat at the time in 2016 when I debuted into 2017. WrestleMania to WrestleMania is typically a rookie year. And uh, it was it was crazy. Um, it was it was crazy to nobody can understand. You know, there's pro wrestlers that make it big. Right. And it's a gradual process. It takes time and it takes booking and it takes storylines and it takes titles. And, and there's a lot that goes into it. Um, excuse me while I sip my coffee. Uh, no, no problem. It's, me, it's me, a morning episode of Afternoon FM. <laughs> Is that me, me and Big Cass rode a wave that maybe nobody in, in the history of our business has ridden since uh, or before. Just, you know, coming in. As rookies onto a television show, though, that gets garners millions of views each week on television in a social media era that, you know, I embarked on the Instagram forefront, um, really pushing myself uh, on social media before, you know, a lot of wrestlers were um, and garnering a cult following and great fans. And uh, when we came in the, the television, the first time I was ever on TV, I come out and I say an intro. I introduce myself. I introduce my tag team partner. And it's like a fucking paragraph of words. Mm. And every single person in the crowd said it with us on the debut on television. So, I mean. Yeah, I'm going into that, man. I mean, I've heard like varying, like, like not origin stories, but like how you got into like your first contract where like. I don't know. I just wanted to clear it up. Uh, shout out to Brian from Stashes who gave me a little bit of like the background for it. He, uh, he was saying that you like you were working out at this gym, uh, and like I think like Wayne or some shit. Uh, and you found out like Triple H was working there overnight, and there was like a twenty four seven thing. I don't know. No, no, no. So it's funny how it's funny how the telephone game works. <laughs> like, I don't. I don't know. Like, <laughs> so. My strength coach that I trained with since the age of 13, he trained NFL football players. I played college football. I just got done playing college football in 2010, graduated from college. I did not know what was next. I started working out at my gym again while I was managing Hooters after college. So the first year post-grad, managing the Hooters in Paramus and Hackensack, mm. the bar Firewaters, and all my friends, I'm living a wild lifestyle, you know, smoking cigarettes, kind of withering away. When my phone, uh, my, my strength coach gets a phone call from Triple H at the time, mm. who said his name was Paul Levesque, and he was a wrestler, and uh, my strength coach had no idea who he was at the time, and I was, I, I was like, bro, call him the fuck back. <laughs> and then the next thing you know, my strength coach a year later is training him, shows him a viral video of me on YouTube tackling Victor Cruz in high school football, talking shit. And uh, that video went viral on Barstool, and then it spawned a video I created for my strength coach to show Triple H, meaning I, I worked out, and then I cut a promo on the Jersey Shore people, and like a wrestling-style promo. Yeah. And the workout that I did, I mean, like, you know, I've snapped my leg in the wrestling ring. I've been knocked out cold. I've nicked up everything, you know, and, and bruised and battered. 
But man, you go back, you go back and watch that motherfucking video, boy. I, I had like a sixty-inch box jump on that motherfucker, bro. I was dunking a basketball, climbing up a ladder <laughs> to the roof. I was I bench pressed three sixty-five. I I squatted five eighty-five. I deadlifted nearly six hundred pounds. You're talking about like serious shit. And uh, that's what got me through the door. Yeah. So, like, when young wrestlers ask, like, how do you get in? You just got in for the promo and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, bro, dude, I, I got in because I made a fucking combine video, bro. <laughs> like, and, and, I, and I cut a promo talking shit. So I have both. It's not like, but I never wrestled in my life. Yeah. And uh, they gave me a tryout. And I cut a promo. I picked up the wrestling, I guess, as good as you needed to to get signed to the WWE as a guy who never wrestled before in your life. And then I was in the door, bro. And uh, started out in 2012. Ju uh, July 1st was my first day of work in, um, in Tampa, Florida. They had Florida Championship Wrestling. And uh, you started off like five, $600 a week. Yeah. I had a loss, bro. I was I was losing money. Uh, I had credit cards and college loans, and I went to go tackle this thing. And I just said to my my people and my family, "I'm not gonna look like a liar to y'all. I'm gonna get this shit done." And I went out there and I became a wrestler, man. All right, bro. What did it feel like when you first like? What's that feeling like when you first hit the stage? Like like when you're first like coming out, man. Like what's that? Like? I mean, it all happened so crazy for me, man. Out. Oh, I wasn't scared as shit, dude. I wasn't scared as shit. I'm different. I'm not like a, a nervous guy, yeah. like at all. And at this point, I don't give a fuck. So you're not gonna break me. You're not gonna make me nervous. There's no stage too big. I'm gonna go out there and figuratively just whip my dick out. Like I'm talking about confidence. Like God blessed me with it. I don't know what to tell you. I uh, I just know that the first thought that went through my brain when I debuted in WWE, it wasn't about the match and the and the promo, that little bit there that happened when I went out. Because I never wrestled before, and about seven, eight months later, I get the opportunity to get on NXT television show. Mm. And, bro, to be fair, I was hammered drunk the night before to like 6 a.m., ragging some strange... And just <laughs> at the Green Iguana in fucking Tampa, Florida, with another wrestler or two, and both of us knew we were not getting booked. We knew we were not on the show. It was a day off. It was like, I'm just going to sit backstage and watch the wrestling show because I don't have to get in the ring today and get my ass kicked, which I do every other day because we're taping a show that I'm not going to be on. P.S. Dusty Rhodes, like, you got your ring gear? I'm like, fuck. What? So I went out there, I lose, and it wasn't about that moment, mm. about nerves or nothing like that. Like, that was like, I did it. Like, I had a match. I'm in the WWE. Like, if it ends right now, I could say I did this. Like, I'm in the history books of the WWE. But no, it was the fact that John Cena was there when I debuted backstage by coincidence, mm. and he saw it, and then he asked me to come back out there with him with a microphone. That's what changed everything. <laughs> yeah. That's what changed everything. And in those, in that moment, 
I was thinking about there's nobody in the fucking world that's taking food off my fucking family's plate. You ain't fucking with me right now. If you try to take that food off my family's plate, I will fuck you up. That's a rat, dog. This is it. This is the moment you've been waiting for your entire fucking life. How you gonna handle it? And that was that. I went out. I spelt out soft. I was talking shit. And my life changed forever, man. And uh, moments like those that are just never too big for me um, are fueled by family. Thoughts of grandeur and becoming the thing that I said I was going to be. And all that takes a hold of me. I, I don't think that I think more clearly. I don't think that I I move more fluently. And I don't think that... Um, the energy is more alive than when I'm in those moments. Like that is when I'm ready. It's like, like the, the moment of sense. The bigger fucking the moment, the more ready I'm gonna be. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've done a lot of small venues in my life as well, that- and uh, I don't and I and I don't throw shade at any of the 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 small things, but that's you know those are rooms, and when you're doing rooms, it's just like a comedian. Those are opportunities to learn as your craft and uh, go out there and experience uh, and try things that maybe you wouldn't necessarily try in front of that big audience, in front of that big crowd, or say things that you wouldn't necessarily say. Yeah, bro. No, it's, it's great. And it just builds up for that bigger venue where it's like fucking that, like, that. it's just, it's crazy. Just like. So let me ask you, bro. I know this is your fucking show and I know you're interviewing me, but. What's up? So how, how did you get involved in doing weird shit with New Jersey? Is that right? You you yeah. just tackle New Jersey, right? I'm in Patterson. I am uh I'm a filmmaker, a photographer, but I've been doing podcasting. I actually got into podcasting because one of my cameras broke. So I had all that energy, like this like creative energy. And uh I just needed to like put it somewhere and it was like winter. So then like started to do like a little bit of podcasting and getting guests, man, and just like listening to to different stories and shit, man. Like the range of people is like insane, bro. You'll go from like guy who organizes like a porn exhibit to like an art dealer like the next day like i love that like crazy juxtaposition. what is a porn exhibit uh, a guy like just like puts like you know like these old film expo what he sets up the beds yeah he's like a fluffer oh yeah oh he's a fluffer yeah oh he's out here giving hand jobs and fucking whatever it takes a lot to of get... snowflakes uh to make us uh to make a snow mound bro i don't know that's a weird is, is that yeah, so a... are you saying he brings the coke <laughs> Possibly. I mean, no coke dealers probably not. I mean, bro. I mean, the think think about the fact that uh, you're dealing with a porn fluffer. How do you get that gig? What kind of weirdo do you have to be? To Craigslist be a fluffer is a crazy site, man. Is Craigslist where that happens? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's an agent. There's an agent. Yeah, the porn fluffing agent. There's a there's a workers union as well. There's a workers union for yeah. fucking porn stars. No, for fluffing. There's the fluffers union, bro. Bullshit. The union. It's a uh, local local thirty six. This is a joke. Uh, yes. <laughs> Possibly there might be a flubber's union. No, no, no. I don't know. That is an interesting. That do is there like a SAG after for porn stars? I bet. Are I'm they like? Sure, there's got to be a. They they in a union probably. I remember there was a giant protest against, like, the use of condoms or some shit. They were, like, trying to make everybody, like, you got to wear a condom. 
Like, we got to stop the fucking spread. Oh, I have to wear a condom? Apparently, apparently now. And I'm a porn star. Yeah, good fucking luck. Yeah, I... Hey, listen. It's a bitch. You dance with the girl that brought you to the dance, right? You don't, you don't just stray away from her, bro. Were you wearing a fucking rubber when you had sex a thousand times, probably before you decided, hmm, I'm gonna do this on camera from now on? You know, because long before you got the camera out, you was a hoe. Yes. <laughs> What the fuck? What did you say? What do I? Or only get help before we come to points. Or is it like me? I only choice to girl. I mean, there's probably big money in that market for them girls that that were never on camera before. But I don't know if them bitches. I highly doubt that there's girls like, okay, today I'm losing my virginity on camera. One cunt wonders, as they call. They call them what? One cunt wonders. One oh man, that sounds terrible. I don't yeah. want to. I'm not even gonna repeat what you said. Yeah. Sounds terrible. Uh these these I I mean, there's an abundance of them. I always wonder about them. Like, where do they go? Where do they exist? Because sometimes you'll see a porno, and it'll be a swingers deal where there's like 50 people in a room naked, and there's one girl on her knees, and she's just getting bukkakeed, and it's like. Where did they find all 50 dudes that are standing there butt naked, jerking off, watching this, and then when they're ready to go splash, they step up to the plate? This girl, like, what plate was she eating off of in her life? Where did they find her, and where does she exist? Is this the girl next door? Is this your neighbor? And all those 50 human beings that are in that room, they exist among us. So when I'm out at parties and I'm going places, who's in on the secret and who's not? How is it that when I look at porno on a computer, there's fucking thousands, if not millions of new people every day. And some of them are filling fucking rooms, butt naked, dick out, tits out everywhere. How come I never meet him? How come How come nobody invites me to the gangbang? You got to get in the Facebook group, dude. Oh, what do you mean? I went to college, bro. I'm fucking educated. I, and I, you know what? I did well. I did, no, I did well in college when it came to the ladies. The frat houses, you're probably right. I didn't do the frat deal. Skull and bones, bro. I don't know. those, But those are different. Oh, stories. bro. Those are like when you're fucking with a moose head or some shit. Oh, man. There's also, like, there was girls, like, I played college football. And there was girls that just wanted to get trains ran on by the football team. I never I never participated in a train. I was never trained. Type. <laughs> I might be the conductor if if y'all if y'all let me open this thing off y'all can hop in behind when I'm done but I ain't dirty I you know I ain't on the second cart I ain't on the third car and I definitely ain't on the trolley you know at the end there on the caboose thing doors you fucking weirdos at the caboose the last guy in what kind of weirdo is that guy you know the last guy in on the train oh my god it's the dirtiest car. that guy is the dirtiest guy that guy's a scumbag. Why is the floor glazed? Hey, no. No Jesus involved in this conversation whatsoever. Lord, we forgive you for bringing you into this conversation. This isn't a joke. This is me being serious. Amen. <laughs> you see it. I, I, Jesus is in this room on the other side of it. I have him pictures of him everywhere, and I am being serious. There's one thing that I don't do. It's say, oh, my gosh, is what I say, not the other one. I don't say holy anything. 
and I don't and I don't use the Lord's name in vain, bro. Right. There's there's about one guy that you got to be fearing of, and that's God. Yeah. So I don't give a fuck about all the other things I say and do. Who the fuck am I trying? I'll worry about disrespecting some asshole outside. Slap me in his fucking mat. Keep it moving. But when it comes to fucking the Lord, I don't fuck with him. I don't fuck. With- you ever seen that that lady that was like? Oh, Jesus loves me, and I'm fucking triple vax, double stamp, triple erases, no fucking, you know, you don't want to talk about a stand-up comedian, and the next thing you know, she just drops on stage and hits her head on the ground and nearly dies, like busted open in a coma. You seen this? God. I, like, dude, she buries Jesus on stage, yeah. and then about 10 seconds later, falls and just smashes her head on the ground in front of thousands of people, knocked out cold for no reason, <laughs> just had an aneurysm. Yeah. It's aneurysm on stage or something. Hey, man, there's plenty of people out here worshiping the devil, boy. I'm not saying that it ain't working for him because I see a lot of evil in this world and these people are fucking doing right. But hey, man, it ain't my game. You got to sell your soul, bro. That's, uh, that's fucking... Never sold my soul, man. I think they felt me. I think they knew. This guy ain't playing. This guy ain't fucking batting for our team, you know? They put a target on your back, man. They come get you. And they always get you with that pussy. They come around with that pussy. <laughs> so, so, when it comes to my skills, how high up on the total point you put yourself against other wrestlers? You know, my commitment is like, you know, God to rest well. Maybe not in your case, but. Uh, I think that everything, every, everything, everything in life evolves. And you would hope that someday there'll be someone better than me. All right? Like, and or tomorrow. My generation is done. So you're talking about a decade, I did it. And if my generation, there's nobody who could hold a fucking candlestick to my lightsaber. There's nobody that could hold a candlestick to my lightsaber. Um, before my generation is a different generation. And so we had to evolve. And just like you, you just mentioned Macho Man and God, you know, uh, God's here, Dusty Rhodes, God's here. But these guys were writing at a different time where they didn't have iPhones, they didn't have Google, they didn't have, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the things that we have now at our disposal, a performance center and wrestling in a ring every day. In the gr- Me, I wrote every single word. People can't even imagine the amount of writing. They- hey, E, you got my book over there? You can show them. Fuck we talking about? Well, that's the thing. Practice makes perfect. If I write a million words, you know, there might be a million and one on my tongue. I'm gonna come up with a new one when I'm fucking holding a microphone in my hand. But this rapping almost is almost like this is this is this is this is 2012 to 2015. That's a page. This is two pages, right? One, two. So two, four, six, eight pages on each one. This is like the Godfather. I mean, there's (laughs) there ain't nobody fucking with me on the writing tip. The amount of written material I have is unparalleled. There's no one who could ever fucking touch it, and no one ever will, because no one's ever going to have the opportunity to go to the WWE for seven years, get paid, and use that time to write around the clock and write every day like I did I just uh, I was there for seven years and I didn't see anybody else do it and that's not me being cocky being arrogant or saying that I I did no I was fucking there guys 
I was in it. I know who was lifting more weights than anyone. I know who was exercising more than anyone. I know who was dieting there. I know who was having the best matches. I know who was getting booked there right. I know who got screwed over there. And I know who wrote more and cut more promos than anyone ever. Oh, no touch. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Gotta play. It's a Bible. It's a Bible. But it was just me proving my point. Like, work you know, is, is takes precedent over anything. You don't become who you are by coincidence. And once you do this and you do this thing that I do at a high level, it never ends. The work never ends. You have to keep writing. You have to keep amassing. So I make music. And when I make music, I'm writing. And through that process, just like little Wayne, I could pull a one-liner out or a punchline out or a bar out. Mm -hmm. and, and then I could cut a whole promo based on that line maybe. So... Just having all the material is half the battle. And when it comes down to it, I outworked everyone by laps and laps and laps and laps on the microphone. So they call it working the microphone, working the stick. I put the work in. So I, had, I would imagine that there's some little psychopath kid out there that's hungrier or, than the next guy. But I don't know that anybody was ever as hungry as me. And I don't know that you could you could measure that will and that and that moment where it's two or three AM and I get an idea in my head laying in bed and I can't stop thinking about it and I gotta be up at seven thirty in the morning. But I pop up out of my bed and I write a whole promo, a whole song, and then I I wake up and I get in the ring and I go through that and when I'm on the phone driving to and from shows writing 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 in the car with people they may say something funny i write it down you know uh i hear a joke on the radio i think it's funny i write it down that will spark my joke based off maybe something i heard or telling a new joke in the in the format that somebody else told a different joke so just knowing that you're always working and that and and that you're never not working is how i i i became known as a microphone guy or one of the best at it but when you look back, it's like I said, man, you're, 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 you're trying to compare Michael Jordan to LeBron James. Mm -hmm. You can't, they never played each other. They never played the same game. They didn't play it at the same time. You can't say Wilt Chamberlain versus Shaq, who would win? You just can't do it. So it, inspired you? of course, I, I, I mean, um, when I was a kid, I loved Macho Man, Jake the Snake Roberts, Shawn Michaels. I loved Hulk Hogan. I loved uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Ultimate Warrior, The Rock. I loved Owen Hart. I loved Bret Hart, um, Razor Ramon, Dust, Dusty Rhodes, One Two Three Kid, Road Dog, Billy Gunn. The answer I was looking for. I think you get compared to Road Dog. Yeah, because I was in a tag team and I hold a microphone and people come along with it. Uh, the entrance, yeah, of course. Um, that would have been a bucket list match that never happened because you know people will cut their nose to spite their face in a position of booking power. But uh, you know the, uh, the the Usos had an opportunity to work with the New Age Outlaws. They made a comeback, and then they kind of handed it off to the Usos being the next like great tag team. So that was cool that they did get to do that, and that's the way the wrestling business works. Um, but it would have been great for us to have had an opportunity to maybe work them in NXT um, or to have that match. I always said, like, I wanted to work them in a match 
where the microphone is is in a ladder match and the microphone's up at the top and whoever we come out with no entrances and then whoever gets the microphone in the ladder match gets to cut the promo with the crowd um uh, that would have that would have been fun but um road dogs a producer in the wwe billy gunn is working doing some of the best best stuff of his life because i hope he gets a title run bro i hope they make billy gunn the champion in aew i mean he's never been a world champion he almost had a chance did he win it impact no i know everybody always says that the rock cut him off it's like no guys the rock didn't cut him how did the rock cut him off well, if the crowd goes against you during that promo, like let, let's say you went up against the Rock, and the Rock just totally demolishes you in front of the camera, never gonna happen. It wouldn't. Never, ever, ever would. You gotta remember. You gotta remember, the Rock is a, is a facial mannerism, expression, funny actor who, like you know, it's his, his impersonation of the Big Show that yeah. makes you laugh. Me, I'm the Big Show. Okay, now fast forward in my time. I'm not getting away with that. They're not letting. No, I know. I'm, and you're not making fun of people, and not making fun of people like that. And you're not allowed to curse. No middle finger in the air. No, no hell yeah. No badass. No, 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 no. You know, no beer. All right. No calling people bitches. No sticking anything up anybody's candy ass. Okay. I, I. I had to reinvent everything that they laid out for me. I had to do it in a PG era. I was calling people a word that I invented because there was no other word to describe people that I was allowed to use that was cool. So there's your promo right there. Put me out there with The Rock. I'll talk about, uh, I'll find out his name, but I don't know it offhand, but there's a writer that wrote, if you smell what the rock is cooking came from somebody else, who came up with your shit, bro? Not you. I came up with every word of my shit in a PG era. And if you want me to curse right now, I'll fucking take this microphone and shove it up your candy ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, there's no, there's no, I'm not allowed to curse. I'm not allowed to curse. So we just can't compare apples to oranges when it comes to cutting a promo. If you talk about doing it now, there's nobody that can fuck with me. Nobody. Yeah, agreed. And I don't watch TV right now, so there's names that people mention that I just can't compare the work, but I'm sure it's great. Uh, it's just, it just watch my tape back. Ain't nobody gotten them as hot or as lit since, since. ever since, ever since. So, um, and it wasn't just me, it was Big Cass. So uh, it's a combination. I always tell people like, when you hear that ovation of that crowd, when we come out, they call it a road warrior pop. That's what they call it in wrestling. A pop is when you come out and the crowd pops. They an ovation. They go crazy. So you made them pop. Well, the road warriors, the Legion of Doom, the tag team with the spike shoulder pads, they're the ones that got the biggest pop. Why? Because it's two people. It's not one. One person comes out, you go crazy. Maybe other people like the other guy more, or maybe they like you more. But either way, when both of you are out there, you get more people to go crazy. So, like, you're just going to get more out of it when there's more than one person. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's, it's uh, like you said, it's morning. This is the afternoon podcast, and I got to take my morning dump. So I'm glad that I shitted on this microphone with y'all. I'm glad that we had this opportunity to cut this promo. Um, and, and I appreciate you guys letting me be a part of your podcast. Welcome to my house. 
uh, you're you're in State of Fitness Boxing Club, Cinderella Man Music Studios, and uh, real one is out. I'm gonna go drop the kids off at the pool, everybody. <laughs> Appreciate you, bro. Real one, ladies and gentlemen. Afternoon, up. Stay beautiful, people.